We started off this this series uh, three weeks ago talking about our purpose, talking about our purpose as an extension of the kingdom of God, that we are people that are actually on the earth, that God has destined us to be on the earth, expanding the dominion of King Jesus, and he's using us as key holders on the earth to unlock things that are locked up right now. So if someone's sick, like what Taylor was talking about tonight, if someone's sick, then we have the keys of the kingdom. Come on. It's, we, we think Jesus is just going to come to us sovereignly, but he's actually given us the keys of the kingdom to unlock healing. He's given us the keys to unlock depression, discouragement, all those type of things. Then we talked the, ne- the following week about the people of Overflow and who we are. What, what do we look like? What, what, is, what are these people of Overflow Church all about? We talked about that we're a passionate people, that we're a potent people, that we're a purposeful people. Then last week we talked about the presence. And man, we love the presence of God. And we believe uh, so much the value of the presence of God that we believe uh, for the presence of God, not every time we meet, but everywhere we go, we believe the presence of God is here. We believe when Jesus said that if you abide in me, I will abide in you. So when we go out, Jesus is there. Come on, are you with me? He's as much tangible as he was in the room tonight as whenever we walk into our job or when we walk into the marketplace or we walk into our schools. Jesus is tangibly there as much as he is here tonight. Are you with me? So when we talked about it, it, we don't need to be Old Testament was like we go into the presence of God and then we leave the presence of God, but that we carry the presence of God, that the content of what we carry is presence. Come on, if you're with me. And so tonight, we're talking about the plan. So we've been talking about this. We've been talking about the purpose. We've been talking about the people. We've been talking about the presence. And tonight, we're talking about the plan, the plan. Our vision at Overflow is really this, to encounter, it's real simple, to encounter the reality of Jesus. Man, that's what we're all about. We're not, we're not content because there's a, a book that's verified by history called the Bible. We're not content with that book being just a good, solid book. And we're not good with the promise that says, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. We're not content with that promise. We want the reality of it. Come on. And we're not content to live without that reality. So we, when we talk about the reality of Jesus, we're talking about it's like for real in our life. It's not just an idea, a pie in the sky, something that we're disconnected from uh, throughout the week. Come on. But it's something that's real in our life, Jesus in a real way. And we, we believe that uh, we believe that corporately in our body, but also culturally in our region. So that's why we exist, man. We exist to encounter the reality of Jesus here and there. Come on, are you with me? So that's why we exist as a church. We are people that are kingdom-cultured, presence-centered, and relationally connected. Are you with me? Say that with me. Say kingdom-cultured, presence-centered, and relationally connected. So this is who we are. We're all about the community, but we're all about the presence. But really, we're just all about the kingdom, and the kingdom encapsulates all those things. I said encapsulates, encapsulates. I don't even know what that means, but I said it. So, so we believe that this is what God's called us. We believe that this is the substance of who we are as a people. We are overflow, and this is who we are. But really, in order for there to be substance, there's got to be something to contain that substance. There's got to be a a, a facility in order for that substance to function. Are you with me? And Jesus talked about substance when he talked about wineskins, right? Let's look at that scripture. Matthew chapter nine, it says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins for the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. 
New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. Now, I don't know if you know anything about wineskins, but if you don't, I'm going to tell you. Wineskins, back in the Bible, they're very important in cultures. They would take the skin of an animal, and they would sew it up real good. And, you know, it was clean, obviously, hopefully. And so they would, they would take the skin of an animal. They would, man, they used all the animal back in those days. And they would sew it up. And they would pour wine into these skins. Well, what would happen is some people, they would, they would uh, let the wine sit there or they'd run out of the wine. And then they would have the skin sitting there and it had no wine to keep it moist. And it, lose, and it loses its pliability. So if they took this old skin and they didn't want to buy a new skin, but they went to the place to get the wine. And they went to go get the wine with the old skin and they tried to put wine in it and it would break open this skin. So what Jesus is talking about, he's talking about the new wine. We know that he's talking about the spirit, but Jesus is also teaching us a principle that new things have to have new containers. And so we believe as Overflow Church that we're a new container to facilitate a new church, a, a new, a, a, a different church. Are you with me? Not, not necessarily the, the church capital C, but our church. So we believe that God's called us to these things, but what is the container that's going to hold that? And we believe that you are the container. But so tonight we want to talk about kind of the structure that contains our vision. Where are we going? Where, where are we going as a church? Where are we going? We're going to talk about goals. We're going to talk about roles. And we're going to talk about flows tonight. I know the last one doesn't rhyme, but it almost does. So we're going to talk about goals tonight. You know, one of the things that we've really been on our heart, we're just going to lay a little vision here for you guys. One of the things that's really been on our heart is that we would find a children's pastor to come so Pastor Leslie doesn't have to be back there with the kids every week and we can, you know, do a little bit more stuff in the presence together and kind of keep that environment going and, and free her up from that. But also just to add someone on our team that is really passionate about children's ministry. We're not interested in babysitters. Come on. We want somebody that's going to impart to our kids and give them, you know, I mean, you know, there's no junior Holy Ghost. And so we want to give them the full-blown Jesus experience at KidFlow. And so, man, we've been really praying, and you can pray with us. And that's a goal of ours right now within the next couple of months is to hire somebody to come in, you know, give them a little bit of money. We say hire somebody, people start thinking, oh, money. It's like, no, when we hire somebody, they get, don't get paid very much because we're, we're, we're a new wine skin. So, you know, eventually we might, you know, be able to pay them a little bit more. So the the other thing is god really laid on my my heart a couple of months ago as um, i was like god what are, what's next what are we to do as a church and i really felt like jesus put in my heart that we would establish houses of prayer all over the metroplex and by houses of prayer what i'm talking about really is community groups groups of people that are um, from our church that would open up their home to be a prayer host and say i will have a prayer meeting in my house once a week for an hour we'll have some worship we'll have some prayer and we'll have some ministry to the people that show up so what we're believing is that God is going to raise up people that are within this room right now that you will open up your home once a week that you'll be committed to and say, you know what? I want to be a prayer host. I want to have a prayer movement in my house. And obviously we, we talk about fellowship and all these kind of things. Listen, there's no greater place to gather around than the presence of Jesus. So they're going to be presence centered, but fellowship and community will develop out of these groups. So that's one of our goals is, is, uh, is to have three within the next a short couple of months, as early as the first part of September, as late as uh, the later part of October, we believe, uh, we're believing God for just three, three groups, different areas of the Metroplex. So if it's closer to you, you don't have to drive all the way across town to, to go to your, your prayer movement. You can just go to the one that's closer to you. And so we believe that community will come out of that. So we're believing God for, for three prayer hosts at least. 
And then third of all, we're believing God for a numerical grow. You know, we've, we've been growing a little bit since we've been in the building. We had to move out of the house um, on Easter weekend was our first service here. You know, we were running, you know, anywhere from, you know, six people to, you know, about 12 or 13, you know, sometimes about 18, 19 at our house. So we said, man, we need to get a facility so we can grow. So we moved in here Easter weekend and, and God's just, we feel like really been blessing. And we feel like some things are about to break open as we move into the fall. And what we're believing, we're setting a very modest goal, man. I'm not going to tell you, we want to have a thousand by the end of the year. I mean, that'd be awesome. And I hope God blows my mind, but we're just believing God that we'll be running 50 two people by our 52nd week and uh by october uh 26th october 27th will be our one year anniversary for overflow whenever it was uh it was eli and and jocelyn and their family and nathan and brooke and my family we all sit in our living room had our first overflow service and uh we're believing by our one year anniversary that we'll be running running. I'm saying we're going to have 52 that night. I'm saying we're going to be running 52 people by the 52nd week. Every every week we're going to be running around the 50s. We're right now, we're like, you know, between 20 and 30 most weeks. So we're believing at that time between 50 and 60. Come on, somebody. So we're believing for that. And uh, so that'll be on October 26th. So we're believing by October 26th we'll have a children's pastor. We're believing that we will have uh, three, at least three prayer portals, if you will, throughout the Metroplex to host prayer in homes. And then that we will also have, uh, it be running at least 50 people here at Overflow Church every Saturday night. Are you with me on that? So we're talking goals. Now listen, Habakkuk 2.2, we've all heard this scripture. Anytime someone talks about vision, they talk about Habakkuk 2.2. And it says this, it says, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Everybody say, write the vision. And he said, and make it plain so that the herald or whoever reads it may run with it, that he may run who reads it. I'm, I'm quoting from memory, not from reading. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. So what we've been doing tonight is we've been communicating the vision, right? You got the vision right there on your phone if you're using our app tonight. You've got it right there. You got the vision right there. But there's something else that's got to happen with the vision. It's not just good enough that there's a vision in place. There's actually got to be this person who reads it and runs with it. Now, the thing is, is I'm the pastor. You know, God has put this vision, and we're running with the vision. But it's also like the vision that God gave us. But see, you've got to understand, in those times when something was communicated, it was normally communicated on a scroll, and they rolled it up and they sealed it. Well, there were these positions back then of guys, they were called runners or heralds. And what they were is they were people that were very swift. They could run very fast, okay? Are you with me? And uh, they were like like chariot fast. Are you with me? And so what would happen is whenever a king or somebody else, this was like their FedEx system, they would roll up the scroll or if they didn't need to seal it or whatever, they would seal it. They would hand it to the herald and he would run with it. So I believe that whenever we communicate the vision, we need people to take the vision and go out and release the vision and declare the vision, say this is what the vision is. So this is the place where we get the vision. And our heart at Overflow is that we be a people that are running with what, what's on God's heart. Come on, are you with me? And so that's, that's the vision. So we need runners. So talking about runners, we talked about goals. Now we're going to talk about roles. Everybody say roles. Say, what's my role? I'm fixing to tell you what your role is. Are you with me? Now, one of the scriptures that I love, one time God woke me up. I, I, it was weird that God woke me up because it was at 1129, and uh, we were, I really had my heart to start a, 
a school of ministry. This has been, you know, probably eight or nine years ago. And uh, I was praying one night, and I wasn't praying. I was actually asleep, and I woke up, and I started praying, and I looked at the clock, and it was 1129. I was like, man, what's that all about? So I opened my Bible, and of course, I went over to Romans because, you know, it's easy to roam on over to Romans. I mean, everything good is in Romans, so I open up Romans, and I look, and this, I'm reading this scripture for God's gifts and calls that are irrevocable. So for me, I was like, man, this is what God's called me to do. He's not calling me to back out. He's calling me to press into it. And so it very much spoke to my life, but really the context of this scripture is actually speaking of God's plan for Israel and they would be saved. But I believe in this context that God is giving us a very powerful truth about giftings and callings. Are you okay? So we're going to take a minute and talk about giftings and callings, roles, if you will, right? Okay, how many of y'all are gifted? Everybody's hand should be up. You're gifted at something. Now listen, the first thing about giftings and callings, first of all, giftings and callings are different. Are you with me? Now, some people think it's the same thing. They think because I'm gifted, that means I'm called to do that. Not necessarily. Look at the Bible. It's full of people that were called to do something that they weren't good at. It's called God, <laughs> right? So God comes in and puts a stamp on it. Listen, gifting has to do with special ability. It might be something that you have that you're born with. It might be something that the Lord gives you. Come on, like a spiritual gift. Um, but calling is rooted in our unique identity. So when you think, when you think gifting... You think special ability, and when you think calling, you think unique identity. You think God is calling me because of who I am, not because of what I can do. And many times we confuse those things, and I think that, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but listen, giftings are there to complement our calling, okay? They're there to complement our calling, not our calling to cater to our gifting, Right? Some people have giftings. They're like, oh, yeah. Well, no, no, no. Right? Work it in. Make it fit. And uh, one of the things that I've noticed about people sometimes, I actually kind of do this sometimes, like we, we despise our gifts a little bit. Right? We have a gift and we're good at it. We're natural and people compliment it. We're like, oh, yeah, thanks. But, it, but we're kind of like bothered by it. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like they, because you want them to compliment the thing that you're called to do. Right? I remember I preached one time at a church we were on staff, and, and a, the, a lady came up to me after service, and she said, she said, oh, you're just so good at graphic design, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I was like, oh, thank you, you know? I mean, yeah, it feels good to have that compliment, but I'm like, dude, I just, like, preached a message. Like, this is my calling, and this is my gift, and they're working together, but, like, she was complimenting my gift, and I was, like, frustrated. I was like, what's up with that? Like, you should be telling me, like, you're a preacher machine. Like, when you preach, like, it moves me, and I want to go, like, take the world. Like, that's what I wanted to hear, but she's complimenting me. So sometimes I get a little annoyed, and you probably too, whenever you do something that's real easy for you, and people are like, oh, it's so good, where the thing that God has put in your heart to do, and you're like, that's what I want to do more than anything, and people don't compliment that. So you might know what I'm talking about. So don't despise your gift. God gave you that gift to compliment what you're called to do. You know, when I was in, um, when I got saved in high school, way back in 1993, I was, oh, dang. So I'm in high school, and my senior year, I, I, I end up getting thrown into this architectural drafting class, okay? I mean, you guys, you would have known me in high school. You're like, Josh Brown is not into that. I mean, this is before I was saved. I mean, you know, I'm just like trying to, you know, get out of there. 
And so I'm end up going to this class, and this teacher takes a liking to me. And so while I'm in the process of trying to get checked out of this class into another class, I start doing the work that's in the class, and I start drawing, and all of a sudden I recognize I have a gift for architectural drafting. And my teacher's like, oh, man, you're, you're really good. Are you sure you want to check out of this class? I was like, I'm, 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 I don't know. So the next semester I took two class periods of architectural drafting, and because it was something that I was good at, and I was like, wow, I'm finally good at something other than smoking dope. And so I was really excited about that. And so I started drawing and ended up winning, like, state and all this kind of stuff. Well, about that same time, God starts moving in my heart. And I was like, wow, I'm, like, good at this. And, and now I'm, like, in love with Jesus. And I'm, I had, like, a crazy conversion. Like, I got saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and called into ministry all within, like, a couple of months. And so I'd been in the church, but I wasn't saved. And um, so I'm there, and I'm dealing with all this, and I was like, okay, well, God wants me to design churches, right? Because I'm good at this, and now I'm serving God, so God wants me to design churches. Now, how many know that I could have done that, and God would have blessed it? I really believe that. And so God put that in because I wanted to do everything for God. Are you with me? And that's good, and God would have got glory out of that, and we want to do that. But I was automatically thinking, just because I'm good at this, that means what I'm supposed to do. Ten years later, God ends up calling me in a ministry. Forget that, you know. I'm going to Bible college. I'm going to preach, the street, preach on the streets, all this kind of stuff. I had this awesome training experience in the Lord. And, you know, end up going to Christ for the Nations, all this kind of stuff, and go to full-time ministry since then, pretty much. And so, ten years later, I'm designing, like, posters and flyers and stuff, and people were like, hey, you're pretty good at this. You got a gift, right? And so I'm like, oh, here we go. My gifting is complementing my calling. See, in the beginning, I thought that my giftings were there, that my calling was there maybe to complement my gifting, but really, my gifting is there to complement what God's purposed in my heart to do. So we've, we've got to recognize that calling and gifting are different. I talked to a friend of mine, uh, a new friend of mine a couple weeks ago, and he was a talented musician, and he, he got saved, and he thought, man, I'm supposed to be a rock star, and so he goes out, and he, like, starts doing this whole, and, and spends 10 years of his life trying to, or close to 10 years of his life trying to be a rock star, and at the end of it, he's like, I know this is not what I'm supposed to do, and so callings are great, giftings are great complement to callings, but we can't get the two confused. Listen, gifts don't determine your destiny. Gifts don't determine your destiny. Well, God's calling me to children's ministry, but I hate kids. Right? You know what I'm saying? Listen, God will give you the gift to do what he's purposed in your heart to do. And we see this all throughout Scripture, uh, that, that God would do this. Um, but don't let your, your gift blind you of something you can't do. I'm not gifted at that. I'm not good at that. I need to do something I'm good at. Now, how about you do something you're not good at so God gets more glory out of it? Are you with me? Gifts don't define our destiny, but we need to bring our gifts to the table. So is it God's will for you to use your gifts for him? Absolutely. Yes. And I would say 99% of the time, that is probably going to merge together. That doesn't mean that's what God's called you to do as far as, like, the main thing. Am well, I making sense tonight? Are you all okay? So in most cases, I would say that you need to bring your gift to the table. Sometimes God might call you to lay your gift down. But I think most of the time, if you're good at something, God can use it. And it's, it's better for you to do something that, that you can be good at 
then you do something and you're not good at it. Come on. Now, God will empower you, come on, to accomplish his will if you're with me. I don't, you know, I, I don't naturally have the gift of healing. You know, I haven't been able to do that since I was a kid, but I'm believing God for that gift. So when I lay hands on somebody and they get healed, then I'm going to know it's God. Right? We're talking spiritual gifts there, but they, but gift is a gift. And listen, the best way that you can honor your gift, and I, I'm trying to balance this out tonight. The best way you can honor your gift is by re-gifting it. Your gift is irrevocable. It's irrevocable. His gifts and callings are irrevocable. They don't go away. You're born that way. You can get better that way, but there's some things you're just not gifted to do. Be okay with that, right? And there's some things that you're gifted to do. Be okay with that. I had a friend that was uh, a spiritual son, and he used to get so mad that people wanted him to play in their bands and because he's a phenomenal musician and he would get so frustrated you only want me around because of my ability listen don't despise your gift god gave you that gift use it and the third thing is that gifting provides a way for calling and we've mentioned that let me let me expound on that a minute moses was not a gifted leader now, he learned how to lead, but he wasn't a gifted leader. You know when God called Moses? When he was out herding sheep. He didn't call Moses when Moses was out, God, what are you calling me to do? No, he was using what he knew how to do. He was working, and God called him. God interrupted him. God will make you don't have, listen, get rid of this whole mysterious will of God. I just don't know what God's called me to do. Let me tell you, you just focus on the ways of God. You just focus on who God is. You just focus on honoring God with your life, and he will make sure that you know what you're called to do. You don't have to get all like, oh, I'm going to go on a fast because I don't know. Listen, that's, that's ridiculous. God's not hiding things from you like that. That's not my God. That's not how my daddy rolls. You know what I'm saying? My daddy is good, and he, if, if he wants me to do something, he's going to make it clear that he wants me to do that. Okay, so you need to quit, stop all that nonsense. Come on. Moses is tending sheep and God called him. So do what you can do right now. God might call you to come and lay that down, or God might call you to go in that direction, or God may call you to do something else. I'm certain that Moses, even though Moses knew that he had a destiny on his life, I'm certain that Moses there for 40 years tending sheep thought it was done. There's no destiny for me. And then God, boom, here I am, do this. Oh, but God, I, I'm not gifted. He's like, don't worry about it. I've got you covered. David. David was a gifted giant killer. He was a gifted warrior, but his calling was a king. Are you with me? He, man, he could. He could go out and fight with the best of them. Come on. He took out the, the lion, and all those things complemented his calling. They all set up his calling. Are you with me? But that doesn't mean that he was called to simply be a warrior. You know what gr- the greatest thing that David ever did? And we talked about this a couple weeks ago, last week, whenever he, David was sitting in his palace, and they had built the palace, and he said, here I am, sitting in my palace, and the presence of God's out in a tent. I need to provide a place for God to live and dwell. The greatest thing that David ever did is get the vision for the temple. But what ended up jacking him up in the vision. Why couldn't he implement it? Because he had, he had shed too much blood. His gifting. His gifting actually ruined him from building what God purposed in his heart to do. Amen? Come on, aren't you glad that we 
have a redemptive king like Jesus. Jesus. Speaking of Jesus, (laughs) gifted carpenter. Come on. Was he called to be a carpenter? Uh -uh. But he could carpet. He could build tables and chairs and stuff, right? Slingshots, right? I don't know what else. (laughs) Would you build Jesus? Well, I really like to build people, but I can't escape that I'm good at building chairs. I don't think they sit in chairs, but, you know, tables, something. They built something. Carpenter. So I just wanted to bring some clarity tonight because don't, don't, don't feel like you're limited because of your gifting. And don't despise your gifting. Use your gifting. If you're gifted, I believe that you have an obligation to use it unless God calls you to lay it down. And God will make that very clear. Amen? Everybody say it's a good, good word. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. That's pretty cool, okay? So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. We've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make him any less a part of the body. If an ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? Your whole body would be an ear. How would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. I believe that you're here because God wants you here. Come on. God puts our bodies, right, in many parts, and God puts them where they want. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. So here we are, overflow. We are one body, but we have different parts. And it's easy sometimes to be like, man, I'm an ear, but I really wish I was a mouth. Right? So what do we do? We get jealous. We get frustrated. We get bitter. We're like, man. Right? All annoyed all the time. They're so good. Dude, how can we hear without you? Oh, okay. So how do we get in this flow of the body? How do we get in the body? What is our place in God's plan? What is, what, what is your place in God's plan at Overflow? I don't think God they called you to come be a part of this church so you can warm up a seat on Saturday night and press into the presence of Jesus. I don't think God called you here just to do that. I think that God called you here because, because we are equipping center. We are equipping the saints for ministry. God called you here because he wants to do something in you and through you through this local body. So you're not here by accident. You're not here by obligation. You might think you are, but you're not. You were here because you want to be here, or at least part of you. And so if God has you here, then he has you here for a reason, and it's not just to come and sit. Listen, God's purpose and design for all of us is that we serve the kingdom at some level, that we all are buy into the body of Christ, that we all are serving in a church. You, you can't convince me that that's not God's plan for you. Listen, the local church is God's plan for the earth. Get in on the plan. If it can't be here, then get on somewhere else. If you're from another church tonight, get in on the plan. You get in on it. If you can't, go somewhere you can. So how do you get in the flow of overflow? First of all, you find your function. You find your function. I'm going to spell out the word flow here. You good? You find your function. 
Where do you fit in the body? Are you an ear? Are you an eye? Are you an arm? Are you a hand? Are you a foot? Are you an eardrum? Are you an appendix? Right? I don't think so. But you might be. Are you a lung? Are you a heart? What are you? What part of the body? What is your function? I don't really know. Listen, the only way to know what you're good at is to try lots of different things. Right? I'm afraid I'll fail. Well, don't be afraid. Jesus is there with you. He's going to help you out. All right. So what are you passionate about? And how can you benefit? And listen, when I say find your function, I'm not like, you're good at something, you have to do that. I'm like, what are you passionate about? What are you passionate about that you can implement here? Oh, man, I love to pray. I love to, like, gather around the presence of God. Well, then you need to be a prayer host because that's your passion. That would be a good function for you. Or you need to help somebody that's doing it. Well, I don't have a house. Well, you can do it at Starbucks or at the park or somebody else's house. Fit the function. What are you passionate about? Listen, the last thing I'm interested in is somebody coming here and serving for 20 years and being miserable the whole time. You don't get any extra credit for being miserable. Right? And you're going to suck at it, too, if you're miserable. Right? Okay. We want you to be good at it. Not suck, because it sucks to say that word in church. So, sorry. Okay. So, find your function. I'm sorry. I don't fake real good. Number two, lead or follow. Listen, lead where you can lead and assist where you can assist. Michael Jordan. Remember, you guys know Michael Jordan. I mean, greatest basketball player ever played. Definitely go down as the best probably that will ever play. I believe that. Come on, hallelujah. So Michael Jordan, dude, phenomenal player. Knew how to lead. Come on. But it wasn't until he learned how to assist and involve other people and sometimes take the ball out of his hands and let somebody else have it for a minute before they started winning championships. And sometimes you've got to lead and sometimes you got to follow. I don't know about you. That's hard for me. i got to be like, oh, man, I'm here. I'm leading. You know, I'll make up every excuse. People are like, man, Josh, you're not really easy to work with because I want to lead all the time, right? But sometimes i got to lay that down and say, i just got to follow. Right? It's difficult. So lead what you can lead. Follow where you can follow. Assist where you can assist. Any, listen, well, I'm just not a leader. Great. Anybody can learn to be a leader. Listen, the excuse of this, oh, Jesus, you know, I'm, I'm following Jesus, but I'm not really a leader. First of all, leaders aren't born. Leaders are made. Come on. The other thing is this. Jesus is the greatest leader in human history. In human history, Jesus the leader. You cannot use the excuse, I am not a leader, and follow the greatest leader of all time. Not a good excuse for you. I'm just not a leader. Well, it's time to start. Leadership is all about influence. Time to start influencing somebody. Okay. You might not be able to run sound, but you can run a cable. You might not be able to lead an outreach, but you can attend one. You can pass out water. You can load a cooler with ice. You might not be able to be a prayer host, but you can pick the music on a CD for someone that's a prayer host because they don't have someone there to play or something. So leader follow. Find your function. Leader follow. Number three, own it. Own it. Listen, whatever we do, whatever we do, because we're a passionate people, whatever I'm going to do, I'm doing it with all my mind. I'm not going to do it like, oh, this is kind of what I'm doing over here, and this is kind of what I'm You know, no, no, no. You need to find something that you can be passionate about and purposeful about, and you need to own it. Are you with me? I'm talking about own it like it's yours, right? 
Not like you show up every week and be like, okay, Pastor Josh, what do you need me to do? What do you need me to do? It's like you walk up and be like, okay, listen, tonight, Pastor Josh, I got this, this, and this doing. You need anything else? No, no. Okay, good. I'm going to go do that now. Right? Don't be afraid to make some mistakes. Own it. It's yours. This is your church. This isn't my church. It's God's church, but it's yours. Own it. What can you empty yourself into? Oh, nothing else, man. I'm so caught up in work, and I'm so caught up with my family, and I'm so got this, and I got that, and I just don't have any time yet. Well, I tell you what, if you will give God some of that time, then he will multiply the rest of your time and make it better. There's this old word that we used to use called sacrifice, and it's a good thing. And sometimes you need to give up some time, and you need to give up some money, and you need to give up some sweat because you own something, and you want to see it successful. Then it costs you something. When you own something, it costs you something. When we decided to plant the church, it costs us something. It costs us money. It costs us security. It costs us fear of failure. I'm just being honest with you. But we're like, we're doing it. No playing games. Come on. And then lastly, so you got to find your function. Leader, follow, own it. And next is the who, what, when. You say, what, how does that work? Listen, who is going to help you? What do you need to move forward? And when are you going to start? Listen, there's no better time to start than now. Message like this, not like this, not a better time to start than now. You just commit. You say, I'm doing it. Right? I'm in. I'm all in. I'm not playing games. I'm not kind of halfway. I'm not really sure. No, no, no. You're all in. I'm doing it. What, what do I need to do? What do we need to do as a church to help you accomplish what God's put in your heart to do, what you're passionate to do? What can we help you? Who's going to help you? Build a team. Man, I want to do outreaches. It's funny, all these people have great ideas. I'm like, great, let's do it. And they're waiting on me. I'm like, no, it's yours. Let's do it together. Okay, I'm closing up here. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus, oh, I love this. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and disease among the people. Every sickness and disease among the people. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were like weary and scattered. They were kind of like sheep that had no shepherd. Then he looked at his disciples and said, the harvest is plentiful. Look how much work there is to be done. I'm healing people. People are Lives are being transformed. The kingdom message is going forth. There's so much work that, be, that needs to be done. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He's saying, guys, there's lots of work to do, but it's harvest work. It's not labor. It's not tilling the ground. It's not sowing seeds. It's receiving the harvest. How many know there's a work to receiving in the kingdom? We receive the harvest. So Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers to go and receive what I've given them. So what did Jesus do? Jesus went. He went around. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus healed. Jesus was moved with compassion. He had an emotional connection to what he was doing. And then Jesus called. Jesus called. I'm calling tonight. I'm going to be like Jesus. I'm going to call some people tonight. It's not like you're calling from God, but it's your calling from this church. Listen, 
as a church, we will continue, and we will always pray. We believe that God put this in our heart. God, send forth the laborers. That is a cry of this house. God, send forth the laborers. But we're not just going to pray, God, send the laborers. We're going to say, God, I will be a laborer, and I will pray for laborers. And you know that Jesus was talking to the disciples. They were laborers. They had answered the prayer, and then now they're praying the prayer. Send laborers, Jesus. So tonight, I want to challenge you on some things. We have on, on your app, right there on your phone, we made this real easy. We do have some print-ups. If you don't have a phone tonight, uh, sitting right over here by Miss Caitlin, and she has those if you need a print-up. But we have everything right there on our app tonight. And I want to direct your attention to that as we've given this call of this house. And if you, if you go to Overflow dfw.com forward slash roles or you go to your app right now as everybody's doing that you go to your app uh, and you've been following along with the message tonight as you could have been doing that there's a link at the bottom that says roles and you can actually download a pdf right there to your phone or you can just click and look at it is everybody with me on there and in there we have several roles that need to be filled in order for us to contain what god wants to do we've got stuff like a, what, what do we have? We have all kinds of stuff. I, I can't even think right now. <laughs> we have stuff like prayer house hosts. You say, man, Josh, when you're talking about that, that's really my heart. I want to open up my house. I want my house to be a house of prayer. And so you're going to open up your house for an hour a week, and you're going to commit for three months say, I'll do that. We need a service coordinator, someone that's going to come in. We don't have a lot of those printed up. I encourage you guys to use it, use your phone. I'm, that's why we put it all on there. So I only print up like four copies. So, um, we need a service coordinator, someone that's going to come in and make sure our service is functioning. Right now, I'm doing that. We need, we need a, a, uh, <coughs> a host uh, to, to handle our welcome center. Now, listen, some of you guys are already fulfilling these roles, but now we're actually kind of adding some clarity to expectation and those type of things. We need a cafe manager, someone that's going to manage our cafe. Who's going to do that? Well, right now, it's just whoever's available can do that. Well, we need someone that says, man, this is my job. I own the cafe. Look at this. I'm baking cookies now every week. I'm not going to Tom Blum and Bob Goom. I'm going to go best cookies in the city. So that's what I'm talking about owning right there. We need a cafe manager. We need uh, someone that's going to start helping when we do our filming. We need a filming crew. Overflow Films. That's what we're trying to launch right now. We need a crew to do that. That'll be willing to give up some time during the week. We need sound engineers. We need light engineers. We need children's and nursery workers. We need uh, members on the, the, the band. We need people in the band so they can help with the team. All this type of stuff. All these things that we need. We need an outreach coordinator. Someone that's going to schedule outreaches. We need, again, prayer hosts. And I really emphasize that because I believe so much is going to happen in the homes as we expose them to the presence of Jesus and as people come in. Okay? Are you with me? So if you go to overflowdfw.com forward slash roles, R-O-L-E-S, you can pull that up. And then what I want you to do tonight, this is the call. Josh, you want to play some music back there? What we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to be finished in about a minute. Not a minute, but a few minutes. And there's a section on the website right there on the phone. If you say, man, Josh, I want to get plugged in. I'm committing. I'm committing to this house. I believe that God's called me here. I'm not just going to show up, but I'm, I, I want to be a part of what God's doing here. And if, listen, if you're already serving, I still want you to fill it out. and Go into the app, under the Connect section, or go on your computer under the Connect section, and click on the link that says get in the flow and there's a very simple form right there it has several uh, check boxes you can say I want to be a leader I don't want to lead I want to help 
And then it's got all the position, a lot of the positions that we talked about tonight, everything that's in the roles section of our site.